Oh, Jesus Christ. We'll take more of your phone calls. No, we won't. Hey, it's Adam Sank. And if you like my radio show, you'll love my comedy album, Adam Sank, live from the Stonewall Inn. <gasps> oh, my goodness. What? Felicia? Really? Available on Amazon, iTunes, and Google Play. Get ready for comedy. Elmo's horny. Politics. The gay spin on the story was like, Queen Elizabeth fucking loves us. Pop culture. I'm not a sports fan. I don't follow this shit. ADD Jeff. Fuck you. I hate you. <laughs> Sexual harassment of celebrity guests. And you are always welcome in my apartment in New York City. And by my apartment, I mean my bed. <laughs> and poetry. Hotter than Vesuvius. More well-endowed than the Mastodon. It's the Adam Sank Show on Derek and Romaine 2.0. And for the next hour, you're in the ass. And now... The one, the only, Adam Sank! Bottom. Yes, it's me, everyone. Welcome to the Adam Sank Show. Today is Sunday, August 13th, 2017. We are live. We are live, live, live. That means you can call in and talk to us at 844-TALK-DNR. We would love to hear from you at 844-TALK-DNR. Tweet about us and post about us on Facebook using hashtag ass for Adam Sank Show. We will be talking later this hour with the Vegan Moes. They are gay. They're a gay married vegan couple. It's not natural. That uh, Jeff is already raring to uh, to go with that. But they are they are vegan activists. They are animal activists. They have a fabulous blog called veganmos.com and they just came out with a brand new vegan cookbook. So we'll be talking to them about why they say everyone, even ADD Jeff, never should be vegan. I am here with ADD Jeff, with Katie, with JB, with Sexy by Sexy Lexi on her last day as a, as a DNR intern, um, and. Uh, I want today to be light and fun and upbeat, but we got to kind of start with Charlottesville because I think it's on everyone's mind today and I'm really heart sick and I know a lot of other people are too and uh, we're all feeling pretty awful about what went down there. If if you haven't been watching the news and I, I kind of envy you if you haven't, um, at last count there were three people dead including two policemen and 34 injured um, that was after a car plowed into a group of peaceful protesters who were protesting fascism, racism, and Nazism um, after those people, the, the fascists and Nazis, had come to Charlottesville to protest themselves uh, the taking down of a Confederate statue. And um, it's just awful. Um the police officers were killed in a helicopter crash. Right. The helicopter was trying to deal with the chaos that ensued. And then Donald Trump, our wonderful president, took to the airwaves and condemned the violence on many sides. Those were his words. The violence on many sides, rather than specifically condemning the Nazis. Which is what he used to give Obama shit for, by the way. That's right. So I'm just going to read my statement. This is something I actually posted on Facebook as all this was going down, and it was just kind of spur of the moment, um, and it sums up how I'm feeling, and I just want to say it and then move on, uh, at least for today's show. would not move on forever because we're going to need to be talking about this a lot as a nation. But anyway, my statement is this. It's, it's time for every woman and man, child, person in America to decide what kind of country you want to live in. And I don't care whether you're a Democrat or a Republican, liberal or conservative, black, white, Latino, Asian, Christian, Jewish, Muslim, if you're a non-believer, if you're an LGBTQ person or if you're straight. I don't care. I don't care if you consider yourself political or not or even whom you voted for in this last election. Either you want to live in a country where Nazis, fascists and racists mow down innocent people on the street or you don't. And if you don't, you need to stand up. You need to speak out. Tell your friends, your family, your coworkers, post on social media, speak out, condemn the blind hatred that has overtaken 
wide swaths of this country and recognize that its source is a reckless, thoughtless president who cares nothing about anyone or anything but himself, along with the openly racist people that he has put in positions of power, including, but not limited to, Attorney General Jeff Sessions, who is a lifelong racist, Senior White House Advisor Steve Bannon, who is a self self-proclaimed white nationalist and senior uh, excuse me deputy assistant to the president sebastian gorka who if you'll remember wore a nazi medal to trump's inauguration and who just three days ago said people need to stop criticizing white supremacists these people are no longer fringe elements in our society okay they occupy the white house they occupy the highest office in the land and they're going to stay there until every decent, fair-minded American speaks with one voice and says, this is not what we want for our country. This is not us. And if you don't speak out, then the blood in Charlottesville is on your hands too. That's it. Thank you. Thank you, studio audience. I don't want to make light of it. I feel passionately about it. And, um, and I just wanted to get that off my chest before we move on to things that are way more fun and frivolous and in fact we have breaking news about one of our favorite celebrities Aaron Carter that's our official Aaron Carter sound effect (laughs) wow it's gotten longer so Aaron Carter as you know came out as bisexual last week and uh, he decided to play his very first gig since coming out at a gay bar at Hamburger Mary's in uh, Carter's hometown of Brandon, Florida. He did this uh, just this past Thursday. And uh, tickets were only $10, and apparently it did sell out. Um, it's interesting that he chose a gay bar because he's bisexual. I, I feel like he could just as easily have chosen a straight bar or a mixed bar. But he, uh, I think he wanted to capitalize on the, on the fact that he was now bi and, and perform for the gays. And... Um, Apparently things went very well. He he was very emotional and he actually broke down and started crying at one point. We have that sound bite. Thank you for believing in me again, guys. And even if you don't, I still love you. Okay. That's done. I'm okay. What was that? That was the TMZ uh, sting at the end because oh. that, that's where the soundbite came from. Um, so good for him. You know, we make fun of Aaron Carter. Uh, we make fun of everyone. But good for him for coming out. Good for him for uh, reaching out to the gays. And um, he's been doing a lot of press this week. And, you know, he's he, as we talked about last week, he, he's been in the news a lot for substance abuse and for getting arrested, for driving under the influence. And I hope that, as with many people, now that he's come out, and been honest about who he is and spoken his truth that um, he'll be able to recover. So we wish him well. But not to be outdone, another U.S. rapper slash singer has come out as bisexual. I didn't know this one was U.S. uh, This is gay. Yes, he's an American uh, rapper slash singer who I've never heard of. His name is Lil Peep. Lil Peep, as in a marshmallow peep. Uh, He's 20 years old. And he posted on social media, yes, I'm bisexual. And then added, who wants a kiss? Bottom. He might be. Now you can Google Lil Peep. Uh, He's very skinny and very tattooed and blonde. And um, I find him very sexy in sort of a filthy, dirty way. He looks like he might stink. Uh, He looks like he might have body odor. I'm not saying he does. I don't want to slander him. I'm saying he looks like he might not have the best hygiene. But he's kind of sexy in that, you know, sort of bad boy way. Um, Later, he tweeted, bisexual smoothies with Lil Peep. Oh, my God, I'm gay as fuck. (laughs) But I still love girls. What's going on? Who has cocaine? I want to make music. Oh, great. This is gay. Yes. And apparently uh, coke fueled. Uh, Lil Peep has been open. Like Aaron Carter, Lil Peep has been open about battling depression and thoughts of suicide. Uh, There was a point, he said, where he didn't step out of his house for two months. Quote, I was very reclusive and depressed. I was in the house just listening to future music, and it took me out of my bedroom, metaphorically. It inspired me to try it for myself. The young rapper is currently preparing to release his debut album, 
and I, I'm a little cynical about this. Uh, it's called Come Over When You're Sober, and it uh, actually it just dropped on Friday. My feeling is when someone comes out as bisexual right before they're releasing an album, maybe they're not bisexual. Why would you say that? Maybe, Shade. May, <laughs> thank you, Derek. Maybe it's just publicity. So you're calling him an opportunist. I think he might be. I think he might really like dick and pussy, like Lexi. But I think he also might just have seen what happened with Aaron Carter, looked at all the press Aaron Carter got, all the goodwill, and said, you know what? I'm bisexual, ah. too. It's not like he has to prove it. I mean, come on. Like, what really happened to Aaron Carter? He sold out a Hamburger Mary's? Ooh. Well, he's, Ooh. <laughs> he's been in the news nonstop for the oh, last couple Jesus. weeks. That's, you know, when and for something good. You know, before that, he was in the news for, for driving while stoned. So um, I just think Lil Peep, maybe not so bi. Maybe he is. In any case, I don't know who he is. So who cares? I listened to some of his music. It was pretty good. It was a mixture of like of like hip hop and rapping and actual singing, and I like that. I like when when rappers sing and when singers rap. Who's releasing his album? I don't know, Jeff. It's I didn't a go that. Album? I didn't dive that deep into it. No, I mean he's got fans. He's got a lot of fans. How he, many followers did he have on Twitter? You look it up right now. I'm doing a live oh, radio show. Jesus. But um. Anyway, our guests uh, for later this hour have arrived. They should please take their seats and enjoy their cold water that I set out for them. Meanwhile, Jeff, uh, MTV has announced, and I know you're going to love this story, that they are changing their award for the VMAs. They're changing the name of the award from Moon Man to Moon Person. That's okay. You're all right with that? I'm fine with that. MTV President Chris McCarthy uh, says it could be a man, it could be a woman, it could be transgender. It could be nonconformist. Uh, you know, MTV know. has always been a sort of ahead of the game as far as gay issues, trans issues. Um, they're a pretty cool network, and I approve of this. Again, I don't think it's going to change anything dramatically for people who are trans or gender nonconforming, but it is a recognition that those people exist. And uh, Moon Person, to me, sounds just as ridiculous as Moon Man. Do you know that MTV doesn't come with the standard cable package here in New York City? Yeah, that's bullshit. I think so, too. Not a lot, of, logo, thing, a lot of things don't. Logo doesn't come either. I know, and it infuriates me. But fortunately, v uh, RuPaul's Drag Race is now on VH1, and that's the only well, it doesn't come with standard logo. cable either. Uh, VH1, MTV, Logo, those three channels You do know not what? I think cable. I have like the slightly extended package yes. where you pay like not a lot, but you pay an extra 10 or 15 bucks a month right. and you get VH1. Because I, I have MTV and I have VH1, but I, but I still don't have Logo. They're fucking us over, these cable companies, I swear. Jeff is angry. All right, we're about to get to um, a, a very important interview that I'm excited for. But first, I have to give you guys some background, because this uh, also broke in the past week. There's a woman in Rockport, Illinois, named Samantha Heaton. She works as a waitress at a place called Buffalo Wild Wings. And she was just doing her job uh, this past week, and uh, she waited on a family... And when they left, and they left their uh, credit card receipt, there was no tip. And instead, there was a note that said, can't tip someone who doesn't love Jesus. And then they added a little PS that said, bad tattoo. Heaton has a rainbow-colored equal sign tattooed on her arm. And... Uh, this is not the first time that this kind of thing has happened. We've heard about these stories in the past where some allegedly Christian family will leave this kind of cunty note for a waiter or waitress who they perceive to be LGBT. Um, but this one got quite a bit of, uh, of, of press. It was in the Huffington Post. It was on all the gay blogs. And I was interested in actually getting the story from the horse's mouth, so to speak. So I reached out to Samantha Heaton on Facebook, and she was gracious enough to agree to speak to us. So joining us live on the phone from <laughs> Illinois for what I believe is her very first radio interview is Samantha Heaton. Welcome to the ass. <laughs> Wait, there's so much studio applause, we can't even hear you yet. Samantha, thank you so much for doing the show. What has this past week been like for you? It has been absolutely crazy, <laughs> to say the least. It really, it really has. What, uh, tell us what happened that day and start from when you first saw this family. I want to know what they were wearing, what they looked like. Tell me everything. Well, only because I don't want to, I don't, it's not that I, I don't absolutely want the P 
people to know about this couple because there's I mean I've received a lot of crazy messages. In other words, you don't you're um, not you're not trying to publicly shame them. Right. Right. They they already know who they are. They, I'm almost positive they've had to have seen the post. Um, I've had uh, allegedly one of their family members message me, and um, apparently they've also called Buffalo Wild Wings and tried to get the receipt back and stuff like that. They're yeah. trying to like take it away, so to say. That's like putting the toothpaste um, back in the tube. All right, so so there you go. That's exactly like that. So we'll we'll talk about them generically, but it was just a man and a woman, a straight couple. Yes. They had kids with them. They did. While you were waiting, they did have kids. While you were waiting on the family, did you notice anything unusual? Was it a, a, a normal serving experience for you? Well, I, usually since I have, I mean, it's a pretty big rainbow tattoo on my arm, so I don't get offended when people stare at it. But they definitely did look at my arm pretty much every time that I went back to the table. You knew that um, even before they left the note. Right. Like, I had noticed them looking at my tattoo. I notice pretty much everyone that I come in contact with look at my tattoo. Usually people comment on it, and then sometimes the people are like look away real quick because they think that I'm caught them looking at my tattoo, but it's okay if they look at my tattoo. That's usually why people get tattoos, isn't it? I mean... Right. Take a look. And again, we should point out, it, all it is is the rainbow equal sign. It's not like she's got a tattoo of like a naked woman... With her pussy spread or something. It's not a. It's not an obscene tattoo. It's just two little rainbow lines, basically. Yes. <laughs> so exactly. So, and I do want to say it's Rockford, like Rockford, not Rockport. Oh dear, I'm sorry. Sorry about that. Just so you know. Thank you for the correction. So, say <laughs> so you're at you're at the restaurant in Rockford, Illinois, and yes. are they? They're staring at your tattoo. Are they being bitchy to you during the meal? Do you perceive that? Not, not, I wouldn't say so much of a quote-unquote bitchiness to them, but I would say that they were demanding. Like what? Like, when I asked them if all of their drinks were good and if there was anything else I could bring them, they would say, yeah, um, can I get, like, let's just say they sent me to go get a ranch. And then when I got back to the table, they were like, oh, yeah, can we get two drinks? Oh. And then when I got back to the table, you know, like they were just Three or four times back and off. forth. Like they were your only table. Right. Yeah. So they were sending right. you on fool's errands. And um, at any point when you got back to the table, were they wearing white hoods? No. Jesus, Adam. <laughs> just kidding. Okay, so. Shade. Thank you, Derek. So the meal ends and, uh, and they leave. And you're not there when they write that note, right? You're probably waiting on another customer? Actually, I am up front at this time because my sister had just walked into the doors of Buffalo Wild Wings. And I went up there to see my sister. And on their way out, they... Handed you the check. I, I don't... Re- they did not hand it to me. They definitely left it on the table. Um, they didn't... They didn't. I don't remember them saying anything. I remember the kids saying bye. They absolutely said bye to me. The adults, I think they just walked out. And so you look at this thing, and it was their, their bill came to about $60, right? Yeah, $60.55. Which, by the way, this is why people live in Rockford, Illinois, because you can feed an entire family for $60. In New York City, that would be like dinner for one. Right. But, um, okay, so you picked this up, and did you know right away that this was going to be nasty when you saw that it was a, a handwritten little note? I thought they were going to say something that I was slow or that I didn't keep up with their drinks or something. I was not expecting that. Now, for the record, do you that actually not love Jesus? Or, I mean, do you hate Jesus? Is that? Is, oh, <laughs> no, I absolutely Jeff. do love Jesus. Okay, I was just checking. All right, Jeff, no more questions. <laughs> well, I'm uh, just saying, I'm like, they wrote on there. I asked that question a couple times, though. <laughs> I mean, listen, she, whether, or not she, whether or not you're a person of faith, has very little to do with this story, in my opinion. Well, and that's my point. The point is, if if any other person had waited on them, how do they know it wasn't a pagan that goes and worships the devil and draws pentagrams on the ground and shit like that? Right. Exactly. That tattoo could be hidden from them. Exactly. Okay, so let's get back to... that's also what people are telling me, too. People are telling me that I should have hid my tattoo, that it shouldn't be out in the public 
anyways, and I was like, well, I got my tattoo to show it off because I'm proud of who I am. I'm proud to be who I am. I'm proud to be a lesbian. Let's just say it. <laughs> right. As well you should be. So, all right, so you get the note, you read it. What do you do? What's your first action? I show my coworkers. And then, and with, I, honestly, that's the very first thing. My friend Stephanie was walking by, and I was like, "Oh my goodness, Stephanie, look at this!" And she, her jaw dropped, and she was like, "She was the one who was like, where are they at?'" And then I was like, "They're already gone." And she was like, "That is so rude." And another coworker of mine said, "Mind you, she's a she goes to church every day. She actually runs, um, helps run the church." And she said, people like that who point the fingers, I wish they would understand when they point their finger at you how many fingers are pointing back at them. Exactly. And that has been one of the most, one of the best things that I've heard from anyone so far is when you do point your finger at somebody, you have three fingers pointed right back at you, and you are no different. If anything, you're worse than that. Right. So your coworkers were almost... It sounds like universally supportive of you. Yes. How did you feel? What, what what were the feelings going through your head when you first read those words? It kind of hurt. I I would have rather have just had the zero dollar tip because then at least I know that you're not a tipper. Like I mean that's totally fine, but to go and leave a note is just a little extra. Like, they just wanted to be a little extra rude that day, apparently. Right. Now, how does it go from being a, a, a private sort of everyday incident to winding up in the news? Oh, I couldn't even tell you that. I'm not even the one who posted it. Honestly, my uh, a very a good friend of mine that I used to work with when uh, a couple of, uh, blah, 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 blah. Sorry about that. About a year ago, a previous job of mine, she actually just got hired at Buffalo Wild Wings, and she also is um, a lesbian as well. She has a girlfriend, and she took offense to it, as I did, and she was the one who actually posted it on Facebook, and then there was like 300 shares, and then her friend Emily put it on Twitter, and then it's just been being retweeted ever since. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, this is crazy. It's got over 20,000 retweets on it in less than a week and over 50,000 likes. And mind you, this has only been up for a week. Yeah, and it's amazing, isn't it, the power of social media these days? Yes, it's absolutely crazy. And out of every, I've been reading more stories like mine, and some of them are Vicious. Very, very disgusting. Yeah. And I don't understand, not that I'm ashamed or upset that my story got out there. It's just not as bad as the ones that should have gotten out there. And I've been reaching out to those people and letting those people know that I do support them as well. And they've been messaging me back and telling me that they support me. And I've been... I've just been looking up other people's stories and letting other people know that this has happened to that they are loved as well and that they should not take that or and if they if they receive a message like that again that they should just rub it off their shoulders and carry on. I mean oh, I I man, find people. it I find it really inspiring that you're reaching out to other people in similar situations. I think that, you know, we're we're in a place right now in our nation uh, as the tragic events of Charlottesville yesterday showed us, where people who are filled with hatred feel very empowered right now. And they yes. feel like they have license to say and do things that in the past they would have been ashamed to do in public. Um, I agree. And so whenever a story like yours gets traction and gets a lot of play in the media, I think it's a good thing. Because I think sunlight is the best disinfectant. And when we shine a light on the hatred, the bigotry, the stupidity, um, I mean, l let's put this into perspective. You're just doing your fucking job. You're a waitress. <laughs> You're bringing them food and drinks. You're not, you didn't 
try to preach the gay gospel to she them. She tried to convert the children. You didn't try Don't to you con- know? You did, did you try to convert those kids to lesbianism, Samantha? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, it would be funny uh, growing up and when their kids are teenagers and then all of a sudden they bring a man or a woman home of the same sex and then all of a sudden I wonder what those parents exactly. will do, I hope. Well, that's always God's revenge. That they do have to come. That that's right, God, that's God. If you if you hate gay people, then one of your kids is going to come out as gay. If you hate black people, then Jesus. one of your kids is going to marry a black person. That's just how God works. God's got a God sense is of not humor. Vengeful. Not vengeful, but He's got a sense love, of humor. Right, love is love. Everyone, no matter what. Now, everything since, is already set in plan, and now since the whole thing happened, has anybody come to the restaurant to specifically like sit in your section and leave you an extra large tip? Yes, That's and nice. I have been, I have been trying. I have so many people, and Adam, I can't even tell you how many people I have messaging me, telling me that they would love to send me money and that they would love to make up for the tip. And I, they are very persistent on <laughs> sending this to me. They're like, "Let me do and this for you, goddammit. Right, exactly, and I've just been t- I've just been letting them know that it's not it is not the money that I look for. I I am looking for people to be aware of the situation, and the situation is so much bigger than just me. It's for everyone out there who's been bullied. For yes, everyone out there who has endorsed hate from people who they shouldn't have had the hate to begin with. Right. I. Well, I know, I know you're not doing it for the money, but what's the biggest tip you've gotten since the uh, the incident went public? The biggest tip I've received so far, I'm not even going to lie to you, has been personally from uh, I don't I don't want to say her name, but she lives in Pennsylvania, and my she had called Buffalo Wild Wings and talked to my manager and demanded that my manager take a tip over the phone because we're not allowed to take tips over the phone, right? But she presented a certain information to where we would be able to take her tip over the phone. And she bought carrots for uh, 76 cents and left me a $100 tip. Nice. Awesome. That is but such a nice I, story. I reached back out. Our, our studio audience uh, approves. Go ahead. <laughs> I reached back out to her. And everyone else who has come in and has been trying to leave... Uh, quote-unquote extra money um i've been letting them know that anything that i have been receiving is going to be donated to a couple charities and i will be donating to a couple churches in my community as well that's so beautiful you sound like an awesome person samantha i'm so happy that you took the time to speak with us today and i just wish you all the best i hope that only good comes out of this bad thing and it's it seems like it already is for you i just want everyone that has read the story and that is trying to say, um, like, horrible things. But, to, I mean, the family probably has seen this, and they now probably regret that they did that. Yeah. Just a little. But I just, I've been letting everyone know to lead with love. Don't lead with hate. Absolutely lead with love. Love is love. Love is Everything in this world, and especially now with everything going on, it's the only thing that we got, honestly. Well, we we needed that message, uh, especially today. So thank you so much, Samantha, and thanks for talking to us. Thank you. Best wishes to you. Thank you very much. Bye, sweetheart. Best wishes to you, too. Thank you. Bye-bye. Samantha Heaton, live from Illinois. Um, Rockford. (laughs) From Rockford, Illinois. Thank you, as in the Rockford Files. Uh, She's making lemonade out of lemons, and that's a good thing. Doesn't she seem like the nicest person ever? Yeah. <laughs> like, no, so sweet. sweet. It's like, it couldn't have happened to a sweeter person. I used to wait tables, though, and, and that story she was telling where they were sending her back and forth, you know, I've had that shit happen, too. And I turn to the people after the second time, I'm like, look, you got one more time for me to go back. Does anybody else need something? Because you are not my only table. Well, and Jeff, There are four other tables right over there. And whenever Jeff had a, hom- had a homophobic straight guy, uh, he would end up blowing him. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Those are the easiest he, ones to catch. That's how he would get his revenge. Shade. Yes. Exactly. All right. Well, I'm glad we talked to her, and I, I, I do think that uh, the good is going to come from that. So we are going to move on because we have some very exciting, very sexy live guests here in the studio. Um, they are called the Vegan Moes, and I actually immortalized them 
I lovingly immortalized them on my comedy album. Take a listen. They're vegan husbands, and they um, and they're just everything's my husband. My hus- I'm saving this seat for my husband. My husband will have the tofu scramble. Excuse me, I think that's my husband's dick in your mouth. They're always. Please welcome the vegan Moes, Michael Suchman and Ethan Cement. Come on. Welcome, boys. Thank you. Hey. How are you doing today? It's hot. It's warm in here, isn't it? Do you know this is not even as hot as it gets in this studio? You warned us ahead of time. I told yeah. you, and you dressed skimpily. I did. As I instructed, Michael is wearing a, a lovely uh, uh, sort of a, a two-tone blue tank top, and uh, Ethan is wearing his hashtag vegan AE T-shirt. No, AF. 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 Vegan as, as, as fuck. fuck. <laughs> I can't see the, the microphone was blocking part of the F. Yeah. I see. You are vegan as fuck. You've known us for a long time, Adam. I have. I've known you guys for over a decade. Yes. I've seen you in Speedos. You have? Because we've been on gay cruises together. Indeed. Oh, um, and in various states of, of uh, indisposed. So you guys, like most of us, grew up in a house where everyone ate lots of meat and eggs and dairy. Yes. I believe, Ethan, your people were butchers. Is that correct? <laughs> your That's not exactly your how I would describe them. But yes, my grandfather was a kosher butcher um, up in Albany, New York. Like his father before him, his brother, um, it was a very generational thing. So meat was a very, very entrenched uh, part of our family history. What's the difference between a kosher butcher and a regular butcher? Oh, there's um, a lot. Circumcision. Oh, okay. Hey, now. Already. <laughs> um, uh it not a whole lot to the animal, okay. but um, to the um, to people who are religiously observant, um, there is a specific way of slaughter that was deemed back in the day as being very humane. Okay, single slit has to do it on one shot; otherwise, the animal's not kosher. And there are other ways to actually prepare the meat from the animal that make it specifically kosher. And and also, they don't eat obviously pigs. Yeah. Yes. So so you're growing up eating meat and dairy and eggs like the rest of us. Yep. At what point? And at what age do you suddenly start to change your uh, your diet? So um, for me, um, I, uh, I started sort of dabbling in vegetarianism actually back high school, college. Um, I would just sort of go through these phases where I just re- recognized that I felt better not eating meat. Um, and so I'd go through periods like, oh, I'm a vegetarian. And then like on my I, I'd actually been going through a phase when we were dating like 13 years ago and then on our second date michael's like hey let's go to this burger joint so we go and i get like this huge bacon double cheeseburger and there it was i wasn't a vegetarian anymore so i was lapsing in and out um but the moment that i had my sort of aha moment was um uh almost a little over eight years ago um our dog was uh pretty sick and um i had gone out to get him this like raw grass-fed beef because this canine naturopath told us that would be good for his cancer um, and we were doing anything because we were kind of desperate to keep him alive. And um, I stopped off on the way and got myself a Five Guys burger. And I come back into the house. I give Michael the meat. And I sit down to eat this burger. And I became, like, physically ill from what I was eating. And I had this moment where I thought, you're going out and buying, like, this grass-fed beef from Whole Foods for your dog. And you're eating this. And God knows what's in it. Right. And I thought, you know, let's let's just do the vegetarian thing. I had already gained a ton of weight um, since my residency. I was 45 pounds heavier than we I am right now. We should say that Ethan's a medical doctor. Yeah. And um, I... I, I uh, I was really, 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 really sick. I was on a statin for high cholesterol. Um, My blood pressure was starting to go up. And I was 38 years old. I mean, it was really kind of ridiculous. Um, And it had happened just very slowly. I was working out every day, going to the gym five days a week. Um, Didn't really eat a particularly horrible diet. I ate pretty much the standard American diet by most accounts, maybe even better. But um, that was enough with my family background and genetic makeup that I started to really develop um, these signs and symptoms of the diseases that kills, I would say, almost all, with the exception of my living 92-year-old grandmother, all of my my parents' parents. So it's fair to say you did it for your own personal health reasons, not for humanitarian reasons or damn the family and the family business. Absolutely. Kill the cows, it doesn't matter. 100%. Yeah, so no, for me, I was not feeling well. I was not at my best, and and I had decided I was going to go vegetarian. Mm -hmm. So I went vegetarian, and I thought that by doing that, and I was also doing Weight Watchers, and like I lost a ridiculous amount of weight in a very quick period of time, Mm -hmm. which I don't necessarily recommend for everybody. Um, But... Um, the more I started doing it, the more I kept thinking like, oh, I'm doing something really good for the animals. This is so awesome. And I'm doing it for the environment. Mm -hmm. And that's really great. And then the more I started to investigate about 
food and sort of reading a lot about it, the more I began to realize that there is quite arguably more suffering and cruelty as well as environmental damage in a glass of milk than there is in an eight ounce steak. And so um, similarly, what, what sort of goes into from an environmental impact perspective as well as a cruelty perspective into even so-called um, cage-free eggs versus eating chickens, it, it's, it's really quite different. Right. So, so I've heard from you guys and, and from other vegans three main arguments, three main types of arguments for going vegan. One is health, the second is ethics, and the third is environmental. And you guys, I think, are, are very concerned with all three of those at this point. And, and Michael, how old were you when you made the switch? Because Ethan went first, right? Yeah. Ethan went first, and he tried sharing all the information with me, and I saw the videos he was watching, and I listened to what he was saying, but I was still one of those, I don't want to know about this. So wait, wait, wait. When you say he went first, are we still talking about his vegetarianism? No. Or yeah, no, sorry. straight into veganism? Yeah, straight so on veganism. I, I, I had actually switched over um, about six months and decided that if I really wanted to do, sort of have my actions align with what my beliefs were, and not just from a health perspective, because it wasn't really about the health at that point. It was about the environment, and, and it was also about And you two uh, have been animals. dating uh, for oh, how we long were at, this point? at this point? Oh, you were married at this point. Yeah. Okay. Married. You're yeah. old married people. Old married people. Okay. So <laughs> he's showing you videos, and, and you're... I just did the, what most people do is like, yeah, I know that this chicken breast on my plate was mm-hmm. once part of a living chicken and it had to be killed and taken apart so I could have it. But I just didn't want to know from it. But then eventually I started doing meatless Mondays. Mm-hmm. And so every Monday went full on vegan and I would started spreading this out over time, adding on Tuesdays, Wednesdays till I hit a full week. And I would say it took me about a year and a half wow. to transition from omnivore to vegan. Okay. So just to, to, for people who probably have no idea, between ve- I'm one of them, yeah. vegetarian sure. vegan, like how, how difficult is it to d- just switch from vegetarian to vegan? What, are, what am I cutting out once I go vegan? Like what am I avoiding? So um, technically speaking, vegan is more than just a diet. But mm-hmm. when we talk about the diet, it's basically a plant-based animal-free you, diet. You get just a little closer. Sure, sorry about that. Right. So it's, it's a plant-based mm-hmm. animal-free diet. Okay. And so whereas vegetarianism, um, vegetarians will eat eggs and they'll eat milk and... Um, um, some vegetarians even identify as pesco mm-hmm. vegetarians so fish, fish. Um, lots of and, cheese and yes lots of cheese um, and so uh, vegans skew the use of all animal products not just for for food but also um, animals used for entertainment or for clothing or for any human purpose and the so no leather no leather no leather but oh, they have shit. really they've got really oh, no, really neoprene good neoprene and latex looks better it looks better okay yes. all right all right and so way. i can still have my fantasies there absolutely Absolutely. Absolutely. No okay. one's trying to take your fantasies away. So, yeah. And so we don't think about it in terms of, at least we don't, um, in terms of what you're not having. Although I, it, it's understandable um, when I was considering it, like, wow, so I'm going to give up this. I'm going to give up that. And well, where do you shop? Like, what's left? Well, then? wait. Well, let's get to, we'll get to that in a sec. But I want to say this, because I've been vegetarian myself, sort of a, a flexo, flexo pesco uvo vegetarian mm-hmm. for the past two years. And just in the last couple weeks, I have started leaning into veganism, have thrown out all of my dairy. I gave away the last of my yogurt and cheese to a neighbor. No more eggs. Um, And uh, I have to tell you, and I know you guys will uh, will identify with this, the hostility that I have met with. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. From people as if I'm trying to tell them that they must do this. I'm I'm not. I'm not a proselytizer. You guys are activists. I'm not an activist. I'm just changing my diet and talking about it a little bit. People get furious. What is that about? I don't know. What I like to equate it with is when I say I'm vegan, I'm talking about me. You do you. It'd be like me telling someone I'm gay. I'm not expecting you to go suck a dick now. Right. (laughs) Well, you maybe. I am. (laughs) I hope they do. But that's not what's happening. (laughs) I'm just literally saying it's me. One of the sort of things that I always say is you tell someone you're vegan and all of a sudden everyone becomes a nutritionist and they, they immediately start telling you what you're doing wrong and why you need to do this. And it's just really interesting. And I think that on, on some deeper level, and there are a lot of people who are way smarter about this than I am who have written about it. But on some level, we all know that there is a certain amount of suffering and cruelty involved in getting these animals and turning them into the food that we eat. And we don't want to know about it. The industry knows that they put this stuff behind closed walls. I mean, slaughterhouses don't have glass yeah. walls for very specific reason and so 
Um, when we when we think about it in those terms, we're talking about people who who basically, on some level, you're triggering their inherent sense of empathy and justice, and so they're looking at this and they're saying, "If he's doing this, I shouldn't." I oh God, no, no, no! In other I words, can't you're making it. them feel guilty, and they don't want to. feel You're not guilty. making them feel anything. They're not it's feeling bringing on up their, their own. own issues. You're right. triggering them, right? Well, I think that's a hundred percent true, but I also think there's another sort of less sinister part to this, which is just that. When you suggest to someone that they maybe stop eating animal products, it's a little bit, I think, like suggesting, okay, for the rest of your life, you're going to still walk, but you're going to walk backwards. Like it feels so anathema to them to everything they've ever done since the day they were born and the way they were raised. I'll tell you why it makes me mad. Tell me. I don't have the fucking time right now even to manage eating anything and preparing meals like blue apron is my best friend because it comes prepackaged and the meat is all wrapped up and the vegetables are all wrapped up and they tell you where to dump it and when to cook it and how to fry it and all that crap and that's great and that's about as much meal prep as i can do the rest of the meal prep is what is the closest fast food restaurant i'm walking past when i'm fucking hungry and that's it well jeff i don't have jeff brings up a good point especially depending on where you live in this country yeah it can be challenging absolutely to maintain this diet what are how do people live vegan in a non-vegan country so i mean there are a lot of people who who, who do this um we're lucky here in new york because instead of blue apron you have something called purple carrot and purple carrot is blue apron but all vegan all plant-based super healthy super delicious incredibly easy doesn't perish as fast um we have an unbelievable amount of uh uh, all vegan restaurants. We have vegan fast food restaurants here, whatnot. And it's, it's, it's really simple. But when you're in other places where it's not as easy, and we've had that experience ourselves when we've been traveling, um, it can be challenging. But if you stick to the basics, nuts, grains, beans, legumes, seeds, it's not so hard. And, and the overwhelming um, availability of vegan products being shipped internationally at this point, it's really kind of an exploding market right now. And it's getting easier and easier every day for people who aren't in places like and I, this. And I can attest to that. I mean, my fear, because I cook all my own food, and my fear was, what the fuck am I going to make? And what am I going to eat? And I have to tell you, I eat the exact same thing I ate before, cooked in the same ways. The only thing I change is the protein. You know, everything else. This morning I made myself, for the first time, vegan scrambled eggs. Which is made, yes, which is made with tofu and nutritional yeast. So good. So there's no eggs. That's the main ingredient. Of course there's no eggs. But I fried it up with peppers and onions and garlic and lemon juice. And it not only tasted like scrambled eggs to me, but it was fucking delicious. So I made scrambled eggs like I always would, but... But for one ingredient, instead of eggs, tofu with nutritional yeast and lemon juice. It can be done. It just takes some investigation. We have a caller on the line. Uh, welcome to the Ask. You're talking to the vegan Moe's. What's your question or comment? Hey, Adam. It's Walt. Hey, honey. Hey, Walt. This is Walt is one it's of our best daffodil. friends. Walt brought us all together. Yeah, Walt's the reason I know these bitches. What's up, honey? Another non-meat eater. Uh, no, actually. No. <laughs> okay, good. Thank I God. I'm surrounded. I still eat meat, but, you know, you mentioned Blue Apron. Well, there are, and Michael and Ethan can attest to this because I showed them pictures when I ordered, there are vegan options to order pre-made food that comes to your house and all you have to do is microwave it or stick it in the oven. Yes. So there are options out there because, trust me, I have a crazy busy schedule. I'm on call quite frequently, so He's cooking is not my favorite thing <laughs> in the world. So Welcome. there are options. <laughs> I got you. No, I believe you. I, I've seen the vegan options that they offer, but and honestly, the second part to my anger is I want to taste it. I want to taste the food that I'm eating. Well, if you guys see, Michael and Ethan really helped convince me more than anyone because they cook a lot. They actually have published a, a fabulous cookbook called NYC Vegan, which is like all of your favorite New York City foods, right? Like the Reuben, the classic Reuben, uh, the, a Kanish. Uh, Manhattan clam chowder, New York style pizza. They will tell you how to make all of that stuff with all vegan ingredients, and it, it's really fucking delicious food. It's I'll not you don't it. feel deprived when you're eating it, right, boys? Yeah, absolutely. And the difference is, unlike with if you're cooking with animal flesh, you can't taste that as you're cooking it because you know there's bacteria. It's got to be killed off. Right. This you can taste as you're going along. Ah, okay. It, it really, you know, it comes down to this. Pe- food tastes good because of like four or five things, right? It's either sweet, it's salty, it's savory, it, it's fat, it's creamy. All the things that we like about food can be produced using vegan products. 
it takes a little bit of imagination and you have to like do the research. These guys have a blog with so many recipes on how to make like macaroni and cheese, like all the things you want to eat, but vegan. Thanks for calling, Walt. I'm going to let you go. Walt, I love you. Bye, Walt. Bye. Love you, too. Bye. You guys, I want to get to the documentary, What the Health, because it came out just in the past few months on Netflix. And if you you haven't watched this, I recommend it to anyone at home. It will definitely change the way you think about food. Um, What the Health makes an argument for veganism that is almost 100% health-based. And I want you guys to hear a little bit from the documentary. The World Health Organization had looked at over 800 studies from 10 different countries, finding a direct link to consuming processed meat and cancer. Just one serving of deli meats daily increases your risks of colorectal cancer by 18%. I had no idea that what we ate affected cancer rates, but I never felt like I had eaten a lot of processed meats until I realized that processed meat includes hot dogs, bacon, sausage, salami, ham, pepperoni, cold cuts, and deli slices. Basically everything I grew up eating. The World Health Organization classifies processed meat as a group one carcinogen the same group as cigarettes, asbestos, and plutonium, and classifies red meat as a group two carcinogen. Was this like I had essentially been smoking my entire childhood? If processed meats are labeled the same as cigarettes, how is it even legal for kids to be eating this way? Now this film has garnered a lot of attention, some of it negative, Mm -hmm. and I have my own issues with it, which we'll get to, But as a medical doctor, Ethan, how do you feel about its essential premise, which is that almost all of America's health problems could be solved if everyone switched to a plant-based diet? I I, I don't necessarily think that that's the whole, that they could be solved. But I think the the message is that by adopting a plant-based diet or a mostly plant-based diet, there is incontrovertible evidence at this point um, for years and years now that adopting a plant-based diet is healthier than the standard American diet and that it ameliorates the major diseases that we're seeing epidemics in that are causing massive, massive healthcare costs. But aren't those you're talking ep- about cancer, cancer diabetes, diabetes those, heart obesity, disease, Those stroke. epidemics that you're talking about, though, are caused by people who don't believe in moderation. I mean, these are, we're not talking about some skinny person who just ate a moderate amount of meat every day and then... Well, that's, that's not necessarily the case. So that's Jeff. actually not the case. So, so I am five feet ten and a half now. I was five foot eleven because you know gravity. And um, when I was eating the standard American diet, which I was eating better than the standard American diet, I was not doing a lot of red meat. I was not doing a lot of the things that were were wrong, um, so to speak. And I gained over forty five pounds over a five year period mm-hmm. as my stress level went up and, and, and it wasn't like I was eating huge amounts. We, it was really, really strange to me that like, it was like a time bomb went off in my late twenties and just my cholesterol started going, my triglycerides went. And, you know, I I look at this, my grandfather died of a sudden heart attack on Mm -hmm. a Friday night when he was 62 years old. And, um, you know, and most of his brothers did too. And they had had plaque building up in their arteries, and we have a genetic type um, where we are more prone to cholesterol. On my mother's side of the family, mm-hmm. my grandmother is, for most of her life, what people would consider overweight or possibly medically considered obese, and she has enviable numbers. The woman is still eating red meat. Um, she still eats cheese and all the other things. Right. That my, my grandmother lived to be 99, exactly. living on a diet of chopped liver and, and cheddar cheese. Yeah. And so some of that is just, th- there are epigenetic factors here, as the film talks about. So like there are these, your genes on some level can control what's going to happen here somewhat, but your diet, your exercise, all these other epigenetic factors, they are sort of, I always tell my patients, it's the kind of thing where um, your genes may be a light switch, Mm -hmm. but all these other factors, they turn it on or off. And so it's not because, I mean, I think we, we do a lot of shaming of people um, because, oh, well, clearly they don't know, they don't know how to eat or they're not eating enough. It's like, or they're eating too much. The reality is that people eat until they're full. Some people overeat, but that's not what's giving everyone diabetes. And that's not what's getting people to have epidemic levels of heart disease because I'll tell you my grandparents used to overeat I come from a family of overeaters and 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 in reality they weren't obese Mm -hmm. right I'd say the same about my parents my parents eat a a lot of food and not great food and because genetically we're just not fat people they're not fat Um, but they are you know my mother has really bad arthritis my father uh, is dealing with some issues on his own and um, and they're you know 76 and 81 but the but the question is 
could they maybe not have to deal with those issues? Were they eating and had they been eating a plant-based diet? Well, that's a good question. So I guess my question would be then the same genetics that prone your family to some of those ailments. Uh, just because someone else decides to go vegan, though, one day doesn't mean that their health is going to improve maybe as drastically as yours. Well, you're so, so right. And oh, that yeah. was one of the major issues that I had with the film is that I think it, it, it that there is a conflation of the word vegan and health. And uh, it's been happening a lot because the media sort of is loose with the terms. But um, I feel like it's the kind of thing where people... People say, oh, you should go vegan and you'll, your skin's going to glow and you're going to feel really great and whatever. Look, I went vegan and I lost a bunch of weight mm-hmm. and, and and I did feel better for a period of time. And I your, also and your penis got bigger. Massive. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it's a really serious issue. This but, is gay. But, but I, honestly, uh, I'm, I'm at a place where I can, I can be honest about it that like I kept eating the same vegan diet and like a couple of years later, I started to gain weight. I was like 15 pounds up. I'm like, what is going on? Because you can gain weight you, on, on a vegan diet well, and you was, can... You This was my problem with the movie because they basically made it appear that you could eat French fries and drink soda all day and be healthy. And they they, they really, there was no discussion of the role that sugar plays in any of these diseases. Dr. uh, Dr. Barnard in the movie, who's one of the foremost authorities on diabetes, so I I don't want to say that I know more than he does, but when he said sugar plays no role... In diabetes, that seems wrong to me. Did he say natural sugar or fructose? No, I should no, say sugar, sugar. And so, okay. and yeah, so we actually we know Dr. Barnard, friendly with him, and um, you know, and and he's not completely incorrect if you look at the actual data that's been coming out over the past ten years on this. Um, and that's not to say that people should have unrestrained amounts of sugar because if you keep having lots and lots of sugar, sugary drinks, sugary foods, whatnot, um, and we're talking about refined sugar. We're not talking about sugar that comes with fiber in fruits and vegetables, um, which affects the way that you metabolize it. You know, your body has a mechanism for dealing with that, and it's called glycogen storage. We break it down and we, we can store that. Now, if you're overly saturating yourself with that, and then you eat all these other foods as well, then yes, you're going to start to gain weight. But if you are eating a mostly, let's say, whole food plant-based diet, and you're eating, let's say, I don't know, 15 to 20%, like sugar foods that come with like zero fat, Fat's the issue here, and fat has been the issue for a long time because fat is what's actually causing the insulin resistance and not allowing the sugar that's in the sort of interstitial space. And when you to say get fat, in. you mean specifically animal fat. Animal fat, because the plant fats don't seem to have the exact same effect, and that's the, that's the real trick here. So eating an avocado, wonderful. Having you know bacon with extra grease and whatnot, that delicious, very well. But, but hey, not look, good I, for you. I loved. I, I've always loved the taste of animals. That was something. That's not the reason I went vegan. That yeah. was never what it was about. Well, I was so blown away by the film. I mean, the film really was what tipped me over into veganism. It's what did it for me, because my feeling was even if ten percent of the film is accurate and the rest is bullshit, that's convincing enough for me. But I immediately went online to look at all the criticism, and I found this woman on YouTube who calls herself the unnatural vegan. She is, uh, she's a vegan, and she's you know pretty much a vegan activist, but here's what she says about the movie What the Health. Promoting a vegan diet as the only healthy diet, particularly an overly restrictive, low-fat vegan diet, and lumping all animal products together and acting as though even a tiny bit of meat is going to significantly increase your risk for heart disease, diabetes, cancer, whatever. It's pure pseudoscience. What about that? What? Because I know you guys are basically religious about this. You do not, you're not going to eat anything if it's got a drop of honey in it because honey's an animal product. Oh, damn, not even honey? Not even honey. Fuck! Do we all have to be so religious or can we just try to avoid these foods and still reap the benefits it's that's really a personal choice for us it's about when we're vegan it's about the animals so we're going to stew it all but if you want to do an 80 percent plant-based diet you are going to have some benefit of this and the big conflation happens when people confuse vegan and plant-based vegan is about the animals plant-based is a diet right you, so, as Ethan was saying earlier, right? Vegan extends to what, it's how you live, what you're wearing, the entertainment you're going to. It's a lifestyle. For exactly. instance, Ringling Brothers is gone. Yes. They sure are because of vegans and other animal activists. Exactly. exactly. And so, what this woman was just speaking about, she was kind of doing the conflating between vegan, whole food, plant based, and yeah, you can be vegan and eat French fries, and you can have vegan cheesecake, and you can have all really processed vegan foods the same as you can on a standard american diet and you're going to wind up gaining weight 
having some health issues. It is not a magical cure-all. So it's just, it's all, it's about moderation. Right. You Which is something to, Americans don't do very well. We do right. not. So, so basically. Shade. You, yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Derek. Basically, you have to be smart. Exactly. And you have to, you have to actually teach yourself. And this is something we are not taught in schools. I mean, the nutritional pyramid that we're taught is so fucking wrong. Oh, it was slapped on the side of the cafeteria in elementary school. And maybe like your health teacher talked to you about it once. Yeah. yeah, and what kids are, are eating in school lunches it's these horrible. days is just like you oh, might as well. High school, my lunch was French fries and Coke yeah. and pizza and hamburgers. Yeah. Yep. You guys, for someone who's listening and says, I, I, I want to try this, but I don't even know how to start. How do you, what's like step one? How do you start to change from a, a meat and an animal-based diet to a, a vegetarian or vegan diet? Vegetarian sounds like the new bisexual. Pla- or plant-based. <laughs> <laughs> one step away. No, but right. vegetarians do exist. Is, they yeah. do, don't they? How, do you, how does one transition, let's say, into a plant-based diet? You know, it's completely different from person to person. For me, it was I literally flipped a switch and that was it and I was done. And I went online. There are tons of resources online um, for people like Michael um, who needed to sort of lean their way into it a little bit more easily. There is this really great program, Meatless Mondays, if people go and check that out. It really helps. It gives you recipes, gives you ideas on how to how to sort of move your way into it. Some people like to do a 21-day vegan Kickstarter program. Um, They can check out if they want to just go to Google vegan Kickstarter. There are multiple programs out there, both by PCRM, the Physicians Committee for Responsible Medicine, as well as ones um, that Colleen Patrick Goudreau does. There is so much information on the internet on how to do this. They can check out our blog or reach out to us. We'd be happy. We're always getting questions like, hey, saw you at such and such, and we really want to do this. We're, we're always happy to answer people's questions. Here's another serious question real quick. Yes. <laughs> what What do you guys do when you get invited to like a dinner party? Yes, and, great and, question. Seriously. Um, it's really... It is so case-by-case dependent. When we go somewhere, and unfortunately with my family, my mom will allegedly try to find a restaurant or something that has vegan vegan options. Come on, Judy. Exactly. Um, It's usually the best is, oh, we can't accommodate a vegan. So we're not going to tell you what we're making you, but here it is. (laughs) So most of our, all our friends, I should say, are always very hospitable, and they'll say, hey, what can I make for you? Or, hey... I'm going to make this. Could you prepare like a side dish or something else to go along with it? And so you just kind of work your way around it. But friends and people who are really supportive will absolutely reach out and try to help. We've had people uh, borrow cookbooks from us. And now we have a cookbook, so they yeah. know what we like. Uh, okay. Yes, NYC Vegan is Michael and Ethan's cookbook, which is available wherever fine books are sold and on veganmos.com. I can tell you this, that you can find vegan food in unlikely places. Last night I went on a date and we went to the meatball shop. And they have meatballs vegan are vegan. Med- and yeah. both of us got the vegan meatballs with the tomato sauce that I was told was vegan. It I is. think there may have been a little Parmesan cheese in it, but they told us it was vegan. And it was over a bed of fresh vegetables. There was lettuce. There was jicama. There were radishes. It was the most fucking delicious meal I've ever had. And everyone around us is just chomping down on ground cow. And we're eating these these vegan meals at the meatball shop. So almost every place, especially if you live in a big city... They, they recognize that there is this market, and they're trying to give you options. Yeah, well, you've seen it on cruise ships with us that oh yeah, you know, we'd be there, and they have a whole vegan menu. And when they bring our coffee at the end of the meal, and they forget to bring the soy milk, oh, you should see these two. <laughs> oh, please, you were the, <laughs> That's you were when the they one who was more insisting on it. <laughs> You're like, hey, you forgot their soy milk. Well, because I was afraid of what was coming. <laughs> I was trying to... to, to to, to stop the, the gathering storm. Michael and Ethan's, uh, Michael Suchman and Ethan Cement, thank you so much for coming in. Your blog is veganmos.com. Your cookbook is Vegan NYC. How do people follow you on social media? Um, we are Vegan Mo's on Facebook, Instagram. Believe it or not, we do have Pinterest, uh, Twitter. It's V E G A N M O S. Mo's for homos. And you guys have a huge following. We do. And I hope they're listening to the ass right now. Thank you both so much for coming in today. That is our ass for today. You guys, we have a huge show next week because we will be talking to iconic LGBT actor and activist and total hottie Wilson Cruz. The Wilson Cruz will be in my ass in one week. He is starring in the new Star Trek series, and we will talk to him about that. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter, not just the Vegan Mo's, but me, at Adam Sank. You can ask me anything. Adam at AdamSank.com is my email address. And download my comedy album, which contains the hilarious vegan husband's joke. 
Uh, the name of the album is Adam Sank Live from the Stonewall Inn. It's available on Amazon, iTunes, and Google Play. And for God's sake, subscribe to Derek and Romaine 2.0 if you haven't already done so. You get to hear them five days a week. It's pennies a day, just like those dogs that, Sher- that <laughs> Sarah McLaughlin is always trying to save. <laughs> or those children that Sally Struthers is trying to save. You've been listening to The Ass. Have a great week, bitches. Thank you. Thank you.